straight or a pregnageddon or something else that doesn't have any relevance to the rest of the episode. So uh, I think this is someone recommended this podcast to you, maybe a partner or a friend of yours, uh, they think you can't fucking handle it. Uh, they think you're weak, they think you're a little baby, they think you need your hand held, you need to be coddled for all these things. They think like, oh, Steve's really cool, but uh, he'd like this podcast I'm into, but I don't even really like, get it. He's too much sort of like a fucking idiot. That's what they think about you. Uh, my name is Lucy. I'm a writer. I'm Scorpio. I live in Tasmania. I like planes. Recently, I got into building model ships. <laughs> this podcast, again, is called Bunta Vista. It's kind of an irreverent and kind of humorous look at the absurd news stories from this crazy world around us. <laughs> With me are two of my friends. One of them is called Andrew. He is from Canberra. He's a Virgo. He is a fantastic cook. He likes to wear tie-dye shirts and fucked up little beanies that are too small for his head. <laughs> hey, Andrew. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm normal. I am a Virgo. Uh, even though I saw I saw a ranking a little while ago that said that like Virgo men mm. are specifically the worst combination of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of star mm-hmm, sign mm-hmm. and gender, I'm nodding. which... <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty sad for me, although, you know, very, very few complaints uh, from my wife with whom I share a great compatibility, you know, mm. despite Andrew not, not knowing what her star sign is. I am yeah. a wife guy, too. That's the thing about me. You are a wife guy. I'm sorry. Wife I should have mentioned dad, that. You know. Dad, wife guy, things of this nature. Yep. yep. Also with me is my other friend, Ben. Ben lives in Queensland. He works at a bar. He loves his dog. He loves wearing tiny little shorts. Mm. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you so much for asking. We are friends, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. People don't know this about us. We are friends. For the first uh, eight or nine years that we've known each other, we were actually just <laughs> business colleagues. But over time, <laughs> over time, doing a podcast together every single week, you kind of build a little right. relationship. Oh, and you know, we go further back than that. We were in the same writing group chat for the SPS for a number of years. We were, we were. Yeah, you you right. guys should refer to it as being in the same writer's room. I think that's Yeah, that's I mean, cooler. it was. The energy in there was incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could go on and see, like, if you could see what the people in that group chat have gone on to do, who have we got there? Most of them actually is just podcasts is the answer to their question. It's most, know, mostly he's got podcast. That down round. Uh, who else we got? James married a movie star. James did marry a movie star, and he was sort of already king of the group chat. Mm. And I have invited him on this podcast, but um, mm. he uh, blew us off last time because quote I have to take my daughter to hospital. <sighs> so it's yeah. always one. It's always understandable. It's always making <laughs> fucking excuses. Eleanor Robertson, she's had a baby. Wow. So I guess this is growing up. Mm. Mm. I like that there wasn't a roast component to my intro. You know, Andrew yeah, had the really beanie anything. thing and mine yeah, was no, entirely really... positive. Yeah. yeah. Thought I'd thought I'd be nice with it. It's really nice. Theo's was uh we'll talk about Theo's later. Yeah. I bet it's great. What a lovely man. We love Theo. There's also another guy called Theo that is yeah. sometimes on the yeah. podcast. And he We're shares... all sometimes on the show. He mm. shares a lot of the attributes of the Andrew. Uh, loving husband and father, except he really puts an odd spin on it through mental illness. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I hope now you're perfectly acclimatized to what the podcast is. Mm. Um, yeah, your friends think you're kind of a square, that you're a very deeply literal person. Uh, you, don't, you don't, like, get jokes. You wouldn't, you wouldn't suffer through being challenged to arrive at a greater truth, I think is kind of the crux of it, that, like, yeah. you wouldn't let yourself be alienated by an art piece, the intro to this podcast, until you had a greater understanding of its themes. Like, if your friends put on a razor head, You'd be sitting there being like, so does this, what does this guy do? Like, what's his job? Why is there, what, what is any of this? Why is he wearing a suit? You'd be asking questions like that the whole time. You wouldn't let it just wash over you. And so that's mm-hmm. why your friends have said, hey, you're going to love Bunch of Vista. Start with episode 319. Episode 319. Maybe not one of their best, but you're going to find the intro um, <laughs> very, very clear. You're going to feel centered. Yeah, mm. you're gonna feel aware. Hey, what if we also tried um, saying coming up on today's show? Oh, yeah. Well, um, then... what is coming up on today's show? Mm. Oh, guys, I'm so glad you asked. We get to check in with some old favourites of ours uh-huh. at um, the Homestead Assisted Living. Um, mm. A little dip into Nature Corner. Uh, uh, just a little bit of helpful information in the PSA per segment. And heck, if we get time, we might even see what's not happening in the Ooh. Nothing to Report report. <laughs> Does Can't that wait. help you, listener? Do you yeah, feel... now you're primed. <laughs> Does that help? Does yeah. the Nothing to Report report mean anything to you? Yeah. I guess you kind of have to explain all the segments as well if we were doing it properly. I Let's start so. from the top. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know, I suppose maybe some listeners are unsettled by uh, listening to a show that really gives you no indication of where it's going hmm. and is basically at all times just throwing a curveball by lurching from one story to the next, uh, ideally with a very, very tortured segue. Yes. You know? Not today. <laughs> Coming up next is a segment called Homestead Assisted Living Watch. And now we're going to do that segment, Homestead Assisted Living Watch. What a wonderful idea, Andrew. I'll just play the stinger for that one. Uh It's a good thing people were ready for that before it happened. Yeah, they might have been surprised. It can be quite surprising in your ears, you know. Yeah. This comes to us, of course, from East Idaho News. This is now the... I don't know. I'm trying to keep track. Maybe the sixth. Fifth or sixth. Fifth or sixth. But. The first one was fairly informal. You will note um, that I think this must mark the year anniversary of when we started doing them. Um, And you'll (laughs) you'll see why in the story. Excellent. From East Idaho News. East Idaho seniors go pheasant hunting in Teton Valley. I hope I'm saying Teton correctly. Yeah, that's Teton's. Going out the Tetons. Going Teton. <laughs> yeah. The serene landscape of the Teton Valley, Teton, nestled against the Grand Tetons, golden farmland, and fall-colored forests, recently played host to a unique and unforgettable experience for the residents at the Homestead Senior Living. These pricks are having so much fun. They're having the time of their lives. It's How? a shame they've waited their whole lives to really start living, but it's <laughs> yeah. so good that they get to. Uh, how many unforgettable experiences can a group of very old people have? You know? 
And are they forgetting them all? Are they forgetting them? Is that what you're asking? (laughs) The residents went pheasant hunting and enjoyed watching their comrades succeed in their hunts. You know, sometimes when you just like, the enjoyment is from watching someone else do it and like watching them have a great time and like you're kind of getting off on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy for these guys. That yeah, kind of like a what, what's that? What's that word? That the, living vicariously. The pol- no, the one that the police say. Oh, oh compersion. Compersion. These seniors are compersion. experiencing compersion. That's what yeah, I'm saying. That's, that's right. the one. Yeah. Jeff, I, I the... loved watching you succeed in shooting that pheasant. I'm compersing you right now. So you ever been composed? Because it's happening to you yeah. right now. I bet you love shooting that pheasant. I bet it's way better than what I would have done. <laughs> so these people are essentially having the experience that I had when I took my children to teppanyaki for the first time recently. <laughs> and watch their faces light up as the chef threw bowls of fried rice and lit fires on the big hot plate. Except they're getting that feeling from watching their friend take a life. Yeah. And you yeah. don't often see lives taken at a teppanyaki restaurant. Although no. statistically, someone must have been hit by one of those eggs in like the exact wrong spot. Maybe somebody's uh, maybe somebody's opened their mouth for the prawn that was coming at them, and it's gone right down and lodged. Very yeah. unfortunately, surely you know, you'd think so. The hunts were guided by the homestead's very own Tyler Thusen. And Blake Jenkins, Tyler and Blake, taking you out for a hunt. I can picture these men. Andrew, holy fucking shit. I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is a news story from Fox News from January 12th, 2006. (laughs) Flying shrimp killed man, family claims in suit. There you go. A shrimp, a hibachi chef, tossed at a man eating at a Japanese steakhouse, ultimately <gasps> led to the diner's death, his family claims, in a $10 million wrongful death lawsuit against yes. the restaurant chain Benny Hanna. Oh, my God. That chef, his life is destroyed. Oh, Jerry Kalaitis wrenched his neck when he ducked to avoid the shrimp in the chain's Muncie Park <laughs> restaurant. Even to eat it. That's your fault. That's your fault. Skill issue. That's not Benny Harness fault. Oh man! Then dove out of the way and cracked his skull on the tiled floor. <laughs> oh, Months after the January 2001 incident, the 43-year-old Long Island man died from complications caused by neck surgery he required. Oh, oh my god. god. What a chain of events. This is I don't think he really killed by the Benny Hanna chef at that point. Uh, yeah, I, at least the Benny Hanna chef didn't have to watch the, he's not the quite life as leave his eyes. Yeah, yeah exactly. the guy that he killed with the shrimp. Yeah, but you know, you'd think about it. You should have to sign a waiver if you're going to eat at Benny Hanna. This is wild. Benny Hanna lawyer Charles Connick said it was unlikely a chef who works for tips would toss food at customers after being asked not to, as Forenzo claimed. Even if that happened, Connick added, the cause of colitis's death was an infection or neck injury unrelated to the shrimp. Benny Hanna chefs mix dining with entertainment as they grill Japanese food in front of patrons. Forenzo said some of them have become more daring in recent years, but Connick said customers enjoy the experience. Quote, some customers, especially dads and sons, want to catch the food, Connick said. The evidence will show it was part of the show. Man, am I right? Oh, Sounds like you should be suing his neck doctor. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. So, Clytus of Old Brookville underwent neck surgery in June 2001, but there were complications and he had numbness in his arm, Franzo said. He died that November, a day after checking into a hospital with a 105-degree fever. You had complications from your surgery, dude. Yeah, that's not, got... that's nothing to do with Benihana. Yeah. Don't try to Unless pin I'm... this on a humble Japanese chef just trying to make a living yeah. for his family. Yeah. The Unless doctor that killed surgeon you. was the Benihana chef. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can probably lump those in together. They wheel you into the operating room and you see him sharpening up his ginzus. <laughs> oh, no. You guys make eye contact? Shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Wow. Andrew, you, um, you really called that into existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I can't think of anything worse than eating at Benihana, personally. I, I don't, don't want food thrown at me. I don't want to be interacted with. I don't want to be interacted with, like, at all. Yeah. I just want to enjoy my meal. I and got I got very punked. Jumpy. I got punked by the chef. They love punking people. It's rude. <laughs> I got punked by the chef, and I reckon, this is my personal opinion, I was a really good sport about it. Um, so, How did you get punked? Well... Just pretend uh, to throw it to you and then be like, what? No, (laughs) no. So, like, I I personally believe that the teppanyaki chef is accurate, right? They know what they're doing. They've had a lot of practice. They know where they're throwing the object, right? Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. You're talking the stormtroopers in New Hope. They're missing on purpose. (laughs) I'm I'm talking. um, so, So, towards the start of the thing, he's making some fried rice. And he's he's got his eggs, as many eggs, and he's like, "Hey, what's the what's the occasion? Was it my birthday? Was it something like that? Yes, it was, because he did a big happy birthday on the thing in salt. He wrote it backwards and upside down afterwards. That's right. And uh, and he says, "Okay, you're the birthday guy. I'm gonna get you to catch this egg." And he gives me a bowl. He flings me a bowl, and he says, "Hold the bowl like this in front of you," which I do. Mm. And he says. You're going to want to move to catch the egg, but don't move. And I'm like, cool. I will stay stationary and I will trust that your aim is true, Mm. you know? And then he throws the egg, which comes up, I'm going to say, 30 to 40 centimeters short and hits the countertop right in front of me and smashes all over the place. (laughs) This is a classic (laughs) teppanyaki trick. You've been... You've been teppanyaki. I've been set up know. to fail. Sounds I've like he just wasn't very good. There's a camera up there. Well, There's a camera down there. Because <laughs> I initially, my brother was there and I initially kind of, he was like, I saw you in the moment, see the arc of the egg and go to move to catch it and then stop yourself because you had been instructed to stay still. Yeah. yeah you got teppanyaki cucked. Yep. Yeah. I trusted and believed. You trusted except- that guy. He it makes is. you look like an idiot in everyone front of was laughing everyone at you. you love. Yep. Yep. Your um, children no longer respect you. It's... Everyone went home and they were like, I don't know if we should hang out with Andrew next time. He no, just seems like a no. bit of an idiot. <laughs> Why didn't he catch the egg? Why didn't he catch the egg? <laughs> like, sure, the guy said you wouldn't have to move the bowl, but you can tell by looking that it's gonna not going to gonna land the in the bowl. It is a show of lies. To be fair, because uh, among his his comedic elements, he was doing things like um, like he had a big bottle of soy sauce, but he had playfully wrapped the label from a large bottle of Coke around the outside. Ooh, and then he was her. like, "I'm putting Coca Cola on here," and both of my kids are like, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> 
And then he's putting like something else, like putting oil on the thing. And he says, motor oil. And the kids are like, is he putting motor oil on the food? <laughs> um, Mom, Dad, can I have a word real quick? Yeah, just off to the real side, real quick. What's happening here? <laughs> this Did guy you guys know when you crazy. brought me here? He'd be putting motor oil and Coca-Cola and sand in my food. Kids are so trusting. You can tell them they anything. They really are. They're as trusting as a 41-year-old man holding a bowl and waiting for an egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks yeah, like everyone yeah. got fooled. That's right. Looks like there was egg on your chef. face. I did successfully yeah. catch yes. I did successfully catch the bowl of fried rice that was thrown to me that landed in another bowl that I was holding. So I kind of felt like I got just a little bit dignity back. Okay, so you're hoping point. if you say that one out loud, the Listener of the podcast won't just have the resounding memory of you fucking up at Teppanyaki. Yes. You also had a success at Teppanyaki. Hearing reports of an egg-covered bitch. I think you'll find, on balance, I did pretty okay at Teppanyaki. <laughs> <laughs> I caught 75% of the things that were thrown to me. Oh, so these old hunting folks were guided by Tyler and Blake the owners of Triple Command Kennels and Snake River Game Birds. As Blake worked his hunting dog to find the previously released pheasants in a large meadow. <laughs> so you, you give these pheasants the, the illusion of freedom. Yeah. Hey, guys, you're back out here. Enjoy it. Yeah. Ten Enjoy- minutes later. <laughs> Have a lovely Fuck. time in this meadow. You're going to love it. Bang, bang, bang. Bra- bra- <laughs> Tyler would drive the resident and the ranger to a closer destination of where the dog pointed. Eh. Then they would get out, flush the bird, and shoot. That's fucking cheating. That's the cheating. Yeah. Like, hunting as a concept, like modern day hunting, if you're not doing subsistence hunting or whatever, uh, this kind of sucks. If you're driving like an ATV right up to where the thing is and you're just going, blow. Because you know where it is and you're just shooting it in the head. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I feel like it's not really in the spirit of the thing, right? Yeah. Although I guess with this one, the, the idea is you like flush it out and then flies upwards and then you shoot it while it's in the air. Is that oh, the thing? Oh, okay. Maybe. That's what mm. I learned from the Super Nintendo game Duck Hunt. Duck, Hunt. duck Hunter. Yes. Yeah. And you can, pr- you can kind of apply the principle of a duck to a pheasant, I think. Yeah. It's Spiritually uh, similar. Yeah. So they're, they're treating the pheasant as some kind of uh, living clay pigeon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the residents shot with amazing accuracy as they ended the day with two to three birds each. All of them basically coming off like Christopher Lloyd playing uh playing Bob Odenkirk's dad in the movie. No one. No nobody. Mm, nobody. Nobody. Yeah. nobody. No one. <laughs> Enjoyed that. The day was marked by camaraderie, laughter, and the joy of the chase. Putting some 90-year-old granny on the back of the ATV as you shoot him over there. As the residents warmed themselves up and ate lunch by the fireplace in a cabin, the residents hung on each other's every word as they shared <laughs> grand hunting stories of their past, with each story getting bigger and better. There's just such a like a borderline erotic energy to the way that they describe these. It's going to be the same writer every time, yeah? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they are the fucking having fun with it. Yeah. How, like, how many hunting stories could all of these old people have? I mean, they're all great shots by the sound of it. Yeah, they all have yeah. at least one. 
Yeah. Oh, earlier this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Shot a pheasant. They're all getting unforgettable experiences, uh, forgetting them as they are described to each other by each of them. They're just doing a round robin of telling yeah. each other about the thing that happened today, and then they forget about it. And somebody else says, I also once hunted a pheasant. Yeah, that reminds me of something that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you guys were there. Hmm. The homestead's decision to organize this pheasant hunt aligns with its commitment to providing a diverse range of activities that cater to the interests of its residents. I don't think anyone can argue with that at this point. Yeah. No, Although, not really. I mean, I, 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 mean, I guess this is East Idaho, so maybe these are just all their interests, but there's definitely like a through line of what they like doing. Eating game meats, shooting Hunting. guns. Blasting animals, yeah. And, and giving... <laughs> Oh yeah, they just did like loose ice cream gun kids. shooting last time, right? Yeah. Like they were just shooting guns in the gun yeah, range. Yeah, they went to a shooting range. And then they shared ice cream or they gave ice cream to children. They're going to start doing like operator training next. Those like weird <laughs> YouTube videos where guys are around abandoned buildings being like, and this is how you clear all these rooms the fastest. <laughs> Except it's your people. Put bup, these bup, 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 bup. seniors on that SAS show. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We have dumped these residents in the middle of the Grand Tetons. We'll see how they go. Good luck out there. And this year's winner, surviving for 16 hours. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by offering opportunities for outdoor recreation, the homestead aims to foster a close-knit community and promote an appreciation for the natural world. I love to appreciate something and then just by fucking let it out both head? barrels. This is a beautiful bird. Wow. Yeah. How about putting on some Planet Earth 2? Like, I feel yeah. like I would really appreciate the natural world after watching a full season of BBC Nature Units, uh, Planet Earth 2. Yeah. How about drive oh, down fuck. to the beach, have some fish and chips? Oh, my God. Yeah, go to one of those beautiful Idaho beaches. Yeah. Have some fish and chips. Yeah. They'd be lovely. <laughs> I bet you could get, like, uh I bet you could get some sick um, VR experiences of, like, say, being in a giant hunter. aquarium oh. or up on Everest or something. When we're all seniors, like, we're having the VR experience, right? Well, yeah, they're not taking us anywhere. No, yeah, like, but we're in a home with, like, the, the little, like, constant VR experience. We're in Matrix pods at this yeah. point, I think. The old folks' homes will be just, like, these giant towers where you're just in, like, a pod. And you're like, oh, I'm young again. Oh, I'm in the Grand Canyon riding a mule. And that sounds I, great. I will, my only contention to this is that I think we will be in the uh, Red Dwarf Better Than Life headsets. Uh, and that someone will just come through once a day and hit you with a hose. Um, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I think we're just on MetaQuest. I think it's not getting any better than that. <laughs> oh, where's my legs? Ah! <laughs> I think it'll probably just be strapped to the front of a rushed out VL Commodore powering across the nuclear wasteland. Yep. And use it as sort of a, a shield for small arms fire. Yeah. Ooh, Snake River's right on yeah. the border of Idaho. Uh-huh. Yeah. Learning some Idaho facts here today. Yeah, yeah. it runs runs right along the border between uh Oregon and Idaho. What's the what? first thing you think when you hear the word Idaho? Because I got nothing. Potatoes. Potato, yeah. Oh, potatoes. It. Famous potatoes. potatoes. Right. That's right. You're right. I think, were you looking at the wrong Snake River? Because if they're in the 
Teton Valley. Oh, maybe they travelled very far, but that 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 will put you on the the Wyoming side because Grand Tetons are in Wyoming. That's the Wyoming side. Oh yeah, the other one. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is there is a Snake River that seems to basically run the entire border. You know what? I'm thinking about it now, and <clears> if <throat> this is in East Idaho news, mm-hmm. they're probably not on the west side of Idaho. Hmm. They're over in the east, near Snake River. Yeah, and we'll we'll figure this one out. Probably off. It's off a really like... long river. It's a really long <laughs> river. Yeah. Yeah. Goes all the way up the the Washington and Oregon borders. Huh. Hi everybody, it's me. It's Theo. Now I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes. It's over 300 extra episodes in total, and we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a, a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. Hey, the Snake River, I bet that was probably named after a snake. Or maybe just because, like, nearly all rivers, it has the appearance of a snake in that it meanders, uh, much in, like, the movements of a snake. Uh, There's another segment where we talk about things like snakes, or specifically snakes in this instance. It's Nature Corner, and I'm now going to play the Nature Corner theme. Country roads, take me home to the And and don't you feel better that we flagged at the beginning of the episode that this segment would be happening? Yeah. You had lots of time to process that we'd be doing Nature Corner. Pleasant little tune you can think about, you can listen to, you know? Your little head along. This is from KFOR in Oklahoma, the Kiefer. Oklahoma trailer park python captured after six months. Thank God. Yeah. After surviving six months inside a southeast Oklahoma City trailer park, an albino python was found and wrangled by a man who lived there. Sick. Yeah, dope. (laughs) Quote, the thing was found at the same home that management had thought it was under, said one anonymous resident. One of the neighbors came out around two this morning and grabbed it. They put it in a hamper, sealed it with duct tape, and left it out in front of their home until the office opened to take care of it. It's so good. Just be like, I'm fucking sick of this thing. Yeah. Someone has to do something about this, and it's mm. me at two in the morning climbing under someone's trailer home and grabbing that snake. The snake is now in the hands of Michael Wilkins of Oklahoma Exotics and Rescue. It has been surviving in the Burntwood Mobile Home Park. I love oh. the Exotics and Rescue. That's 100% like a fucked up zoo, right? Oh, my God. You know that like, rescue. hey, let me rescue that and then put it in my fucked up like roadside zoo. Like my zoo. zoo that's on the side of her highway. Yeah. You just shouldn't have like a cottage industry of exotic animal experts. I read a news story this week that didn't quite make the cut for the podcast about a, a guy in Indiana who's uh, his two bears got out of its in- his enclosure that he made for them in the backyard of his house and they attacked him. And it was like a story about the 
you know all these wacky animal escape stories we read where like Indiana deputies had the surprise of their life today where they blah 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 and like the guy was injured he went to hospital uh they managed to get the bears back in the enclosure there was no like commentary on like hey why have you got what, two bears why have you got two bears man why have you got them not even like a footnote to be like by the way this is legal in Indiana or this guy is an animal trainer like it's just the- so normal that it's like oh yeah that guy's two bears got out. Yeah. Oh, man, your bears escaped? That sucks, dude. I'm glad you own those. That's <laughs> probably the best. <laughs> uh, experts had said previously that after viewing it through their cameras, they believe the snake was 13 feet long. And is this ex- experts in guessing how long something is? Yeah. That's a long snake. Yeah. Well, except they were wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and because residents claimed half the cats were missing in the neighborhood, that it had been eating cats. So that's the, what the experts had said before we met the snake. Quote, No, I would say it's about eight feet, maybe a little more, said Wilkins while taking out the snake to show uh, KFOL. People love saying anything. <laughs> People love saying anything, and they yeah. love even more Residence. saying anything to the news. Yeah. yeah. That snake was 25 feet long. It actually it ate, ate uh, 20 my cats. husband. <laughs> Dwight is gone now because of that snake. It's not Dwight in the background behind you? No. Uh, it's juvenile, maybe a little older, uh, and he is not in the best of shape. Wilkins right. said the python hadn't eaten in quite some time. So it's no probably cats. wasn't a, eating the cats. Probably not eating the cats. Or husbands. Or Dwight. Uh, when asked if the snake was any danger to those who lived there, Wilkins said it was raised in captivity, meaning it's not as dangerous as one raised in the wild, but the strength of their constriction could still be dangerous. Like, it would be so fucking undignified to be killed by a constrictor instead of, like, a venomous snake. Like, it's giving me the ick thinking about a guy being killed by a constrictor. Yeah. It's, (laughs) like, so unmanly of you. Yeah. It's real. (laughs) That's a real beta move, just thinking about being like, ooh. If you get bit by a snake, there's, like, a real drama to it. Of just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I've been bitten by this. i got to go get the antivenom. Oh, I've not made it to the hospital. I've died in my Prius on the way there. Uh, if you're just getting constricted, you've got like a fair whack of time of just being like, I'm being constricted. And then I'm, you're just there. You're accepting it. I'm still being constricted. Man, I wish I had like a pocket knife on me and jab this guy or something. I wonder how often that happens. Like adult humans getting killed by constrictors in the U.S.? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's there's problems here, right? Because can't give a snake a wedgie. Correct. Cannot, uh, or or at least I don't think it would be easy to give a snake a wet willy. There isn't so much of an ear for you to um, jam your bewetted finger into. Oh, that's very true, yeah. How are you making this guy uncomfortable to get him off you? You know, there's no balls to kick or to grab. Hmm. Which uh, how are you making this snake uncomfortable enough? I would be maybe trying to poke an eye, but maybe it's constricting eyes. you and its heads around the back. What are you doing? You know? Oh, Jesus, hello. Uh, <laughs> a man last year in Pennsylvania uh, was strangled by an eighteen-foot-long boa constrictor, no, and it was you. his pet. It was his that got him. Oh, you bought it into your house, huh? Oh boy. Uh, apparently, between zero and one people die from attacks by constrictor snakes in the US every year. Oh, okay. Not a big issue that oh, I was imagining. No. Oh, no. Oh, too 
boys were killed in 2013 at a sleepover when a constrictor got them. Christ alive. Get a small snake. Get like a little green tree snake. It's like a, a little guy. python. You can little, get a, a little python guy. Yeah. Little seen, diamond python. I've seen people where they have something like, you know, a little tree snake or whatever, and it just kind of wraps around their hand and they could just hold it like that. Yeah, those little guys. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a nicer vibe, I think. Just have a couple of rats and a snake. Keep them very separate, obviously. And then when mm. people come over and your friends are like, oh, do you have any pets? And you're like, well, yeah, but you might be a little scared by them. Yeah, they're a little freaky. They're a little different. I got the evil animals instead of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> because my personality is so crazy. Because I'm a Slytherin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why don't you slither into this king single bed? <laughs> <laughs> the python will now be given the proper food, storage, and medical help it needs, Wilkins assured. I will start right away getting him antibiotics and getting him rehabbed, said Wilkins. It really has been dangerous for him all this time. The snake is finally getting what all snakes desire more than anything else. Storage. <laughs> That's right. Snake's getting somewhere to put his four-wheeler. He's getting an Ikea cube. They're taking the snake to Howard's storage world. <laughs> this snake needs somewhere to put his 48 Funko Pops still in their boxes. Oh, man. There's, um, there's one of those. That's the comedy like, you can expect here. Yeah. Because we're like cool guys. so we Like storage. Like what if it meant a different kind of storage? Yeah. It's mostly stuff about a, a class of people we don't like and um, semantic ambiguity. Mm. Anyway, so this, what were you saying? This is like student accommodation place that's right next to uh, the Brisbane Shopping Centre Tuong Village, like right next to the car park where you can see directly into like 60 very, very tiny one single bed, one riding desk apartments uh, for international students mostly. Like it looks like a prison. But uh, so many of them are just covered in Funko Pops. Like, they have two shelves of storage space, maximum. That's everything that they get. There's, like, a wardrobe for their clothes, but then just two shelves. And it's, like, 90% Funko Pops. They're just F-popping over there. Just (laughs) F-popping. They're going into Zing, and they're buying themselves a couple of F-pops every week. They must take up so much space if you're collecting those guys. It's, uh, It's Thursday afternoon. And they just get a, a brief phone call from their mother who says, hey, just checking in. Just want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're doing okay. That you're kind of, that you're feeling on top of stuff. That you're not feeling like any any uncontrollable urges or anything. And they go, no, 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 I'm great. I'm great. Everything's really good. Thanks for checking in. Yep. Love you. Talk to you soon. And then they receive their paycheck and they immediately take their entire paycheck to Zing. Yeah. And they say, I'm fucking here. I'm ready. A, you, know, you know what time it is. I'll tell you when I've got enough. Get okay. one of those um, backpacks that's like Captain America's shield. <laughs> I hate those. Whenever I see a grown man, one of those, just want to kick him in the back and be like, did it help? Whenever I walk past a, um, whenever I walk past a zing, I always can't help but see like, you know, some of the stuff that's in the uh, in the window. And I've noticed a bit of an uptick in like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this, where it's like there's a kind of attempt to do more adult-oriented, but still pop culture branded clothing. 
mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a cocky like a cocky button-up shirt that has like an embroidered Indiana like a tiny Jones little thing embroider thing yeah yeah and I'm like that's that's so cool that you found a way to make a khaki shirt cost thirty dollars more and be like a quarter as good. I think there's a lot of people out there whose only form of self-expression is being able to dress in a way that's like business casual appropriate for the workplace, but also show they have a little bit of personality. Silly socks. Like silly socks or Mr. novelty Sparkle ties. Simpson socks. Yeah. You can't oh, really can do I? novelty ties anymore, right? Because we took the tie out of business casual. Yeah, yeah that's true. Novelty We're a tireless society around. these days. Yeah, we we've are moved a tireless beyond society. the tie. Yeah. I've just I've just put a picture of the aforementioned Zing shirt into the chat for you guys to oh, look right. at. Oh right, yeah. And I just want to note that I think I've I've really I've really um oversold the or undersold the size it's, of the embroidered. It's not discreet, yeah. In yeah, it's not it's not like a little. It's not the size of like a pin or anything. Yeah, I thought you were talking like real discreet one. There is a like there the is a breast pocket. Horse. Yeah, there's a breast pocket on this shirt. And there's an embroidered hat with a coiled whip around it and Indiana Jones in cursive writing underneath it that takes up the entirety of the breast pocket. That is too large. Yeah. That is really too large. Just wear your Indiana Jones shirt, man. Like, just yeah. just lean into it. It's fine. Just get, like, the, the JJ's classic 80 movie, 80s movies shirts that are really distressed, so they look yeah. old. Just mm. get one of those. Be like, oh, I'm a bit of a movie buff. I love old flicks. <laughs> you could take up saying flicks as a personality trait. I reckon it'd be really cool. Yeah, I think that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. That sounds like something a really hot guy would do. Yeah, I was going out <laughs> of the pictures to catch a flick with my lady. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's like a, a section of the Zing store. That I is just ex- want to explicitly for adults. Want to tread very carefully here because <laughs> Maddie's brother designs a lot of the stuff. For really? <laughs> yeah. That well, mostly for um, what's the the uh, for EB Games, but that obviously it's the same company thing. I think everything he does is very cool and tasteful. For the record, yes. Um, Do you think he designed this? Uh, I don't think the Gizmo end, Indiana... short sleeves shirt. Oh, right. I don't know, maybe. I don't think he did the Indiana Jones one. That much I'm pretty certain, but um, I'll ask him about it. Oh, I'm seeing uh, him tomorrow, actually. I'll ask him then. I'll grill him. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> you do the brown Indiana Jones long sleeve button up. You know what I'm up. talking about. <laughs> the Indiana Jones shirt? Don't make me explain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would have added the text underneath. I think he's more subtle than that. Just personally. Okay. According to residents of Burntwood, it took three different experts and two dogs over the past two months to capture the python. But in the end, a resident captured it in one night. Good on it. It's great. Yeah, take things into your own hands. Fucking waiting for bureaucracy. Yeah. You know, just go for it. You just grab that python. It's grind set. That bit in um, No Country for Old Men where it's after uh, Llewellyn has come back. Mm-hmm. from the shooting site and he can't fall asleep and it's like the middle of the night and he just says, okay, and then he gets up to bring that guy water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's this guy. It's two mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's just like, can't do it. Got to get rid of that snake. They I'll, need me. His wife's like, snake. please, Dwight, no, stay in bed. Dwight, come on. Don't do it. Dwight, I'm so horny. <laughs> just <laughs> so horny. <laughs> Dwight, what's in that bag? 
13 foot python. Fine, don't tell me. Beautiful Idaho, Texas. What state are we in, sorry? Texaco. Idahex. Idahex. Went on the property of the park. KFOR reporter was immediately escorted off and told there was nothing to say. Great. A staff member said an alert would be sent out to residents, and that is where their statement would be. In previous reporting, KFOR found that management had warned residents not to talk to the media about the snake. (laughs) Don't mention the snake. Don't go to the fake news media about the eight-foot boa constrictor (laughs) that's underneath possibly that mobile home, but maybe another one. Going to the residents and saying, all right, you know the approach that we have at this facility to the porcelain man. Please yeah. apply that to the snake. Do not look at the snake. And furthermore, don't let anyone else look at it either. Uh-uh. Just don't think about it. You know, it's like a big spider in your house. Just he's living his life. You're living yours. Yeah. He's taking care of the flies for you. Exactly. And snake. He's taking care of. He's probably eating rats, right? Yeah. Probably not cats. We hope not cats. Uh, yes, Communities, the product that owns the park, has been sent several emails and sent, oh, and sent several phone calls. I'm sending you a phone call. <laughs> hey, brother, I'm just about to send you a phone call. Let me know when you get it by picking it up and telling me, yes, I've got this. <laughs> uh, but they have not replied. The Python will stay with Wilkins and the crew. Oh, he's got a crew. That's dope. Oh. Uh, at Oklahoma Exotics Rescue and Sanctuary for now. Oklahoma? He's going, this is, he's going, wait, where was this to start? <laughs> I'm going confused. I'm always in we're Idaho. Not in East, I'm spiritually, I'm spiritually in East Idaho. always in East Idaho. Yeah, no, we're in Oklahoma, so I guess it, it makes that sense. Probably that makes probably makes sense. Stay yep. in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was awful nice of that mobile home community to send out an email about the snake. It was something of a public service announcement. Which is something that we ourselves do here in the PSA per segment. This is from KTVB in Boise, Idaho. The Kutuvba. Correct. Raw milk believed to have caused local illness reports. Local illness reports. Yeah. Mm. Central District Health announced an investigation Tuesday after Ada County residents became sick due to what they believe was drinking raw milk. Just going to uh, punch that headline up. Yes. Raw milk believed to have caused local reports of illness. Yes. I feel yeah. like that would Yeah, that yeah that's helped. probably better. I hope you're listening, KTVB. <laughs> Boise, Idaho. According to CDH, since September 30th, three people became sick after drinking unpasteurized milk from provider farms in Mountain Home and tested positive for a Campylobacteriosis bacterial infection. Campylobacteriosis symptoms typically appear within two to five days. That's too long. That's way too long. Because you wouldn't know to stop. You don't know know what made you sick. Like you, yeah, yeah, true. You probably kept on drinking that raw milk. Yeah. One of my one of my kids uh, asked me the other day, um, when people go to a restaurant and eat something, if the food makes them sick, do they ever sue the restaurant? Um, and I'm really not, not really. sure. 
what this seven-year-old's understanding of suing somebody is. <laughs> a lot I, of kids' movies from the 90s have the concept have of suing. suing in them, yeah, so. I, feel like I, I thought about suing a lot as a child. <laughs> yeah, and I <laughs> said... Not really uh, something that's lawyers. come up. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, not really. And she said, why not? And I said, well, you know, it's kind of, it's not... <laughs> particularly easy to prove that a thing you ate at one place was the thing that made you sick. And she was like, yeah. well, why, why not? And I said, how many things have you eaten today? And she was like, oh, I ate this for breakfast and then I had this for a snack and then I had this at lunchtime and this in the afternoon and this for, you know. And I was like, yeah, so if you got sick, how could you tell anyone with any great certainty this is absolutely the thing yeah, that idiot. made you sick? Idiot. Fool. You fool. <laughs> this is why you need to eat a different colored marble yes. with every dish that you eat. That <laughs> way you be like, oh, that was green with white flecks. Okay. Yes. When something comes Shape blasting out of you and you hear the ceramic uh, tink hitting the toilet bowl, you can then track down your marble. That's a great pro-life tip from Ben there, folks. We should start selling <laughs> branded bags of marbles. Marbles for Bunta eating. It's a Tracer marble. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting getting sued by all these people with a lower intestine jammed pack full of glass marbles. <laughs> well, how do you know it was those marbles? That you- <laughs> <laughs> Any of the marbles could have made you sick. But also, you know, I said, hey, and if you sue someone for... Uh, making you sick when you went to dinner at a restaurant. What are you trying to get from them? Yeah. How you, yeah. you want to shut them? down a small business? You want to be the reason a guy can't feed his family? Well, what's the financial trade? What are you hoping to get in compensation for your diarrhea or whatever? McDonald's. You know? Free McDonald's for life. <laughs> I, want, I want more of the Taco Bell. I want a McDonald's in my house. <laughs> like Richie Rich had. Yeah, that's right. Richie Rich McDonald's. I think there's also something of a social contract of just like, uh, you roll the dice every time you eat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you're serving 100 people every night, maybe more, every night of the year, sometimes closed on Mondays. Humans make mistakes. And people get sick. Sometimes people just have bad tums. Sometimes I don't think I'd know if I had food poisoning. <laughs> Sometimes there's a series of, of haircuts happening in the restaurant that you're That's eating. That's right. Sometimes you know? there's a haircut happening. Also, That's isn't right. raw milk like a risky food to eat? That's yeah, why yeah. we started pasteurizing it. Yeah, 100%. The idea. Turns out it's been way... Everything's been way better for society since we started pasteurizing milk. Yeah. It doesn't stop people from, I guess, we, we just have these wonderful rhythms and cycles in our society where every now and then someone goes, they're probably making it bad by pasteurizing it. They're probably mm. making water bad by running it through all this treatment. Yeah. What, what good stuff are they taking out that I could be getting? And the answer is you could be getting diarrhea. You remember that um, there was like a very brief, very small trend in the, like the, the uh, raw water trend the, yeah those those unfiltered untreated water people in those san francisco oh. those silicon valley tech types like that's what i need and it turns out you know you're drinking a lot of um just bacteria really it's just the stuff that's that e coli and stuff e. coli. you probably don't want that pal. no fluoride yeah a lot of wastewater type business yeah there's a lot like, of turds a lot of turds you know, the one time i tried drinking um creek water because i thought how bad it could be i immediately shit myself a day later and oh, really? uh yeah 
Immediately a day later. <laughs> Immediately 24 hours later. Well, almost... much like some of these people, uh, two to four days later, well, I eat all kinds of stuff. Who's to say it was the raw milk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they might not have learned a lesson from this. Uh, Campylobacteriosis symptoms typically appear within two to five days and last a week. Christ. No, thanks. Including <laughs> diarrhea, brackets, often bloody. Mm-hmm. If you like fever. <laughs> yeah. Fever, stomach cramps, nausea, and vomiting. In rare cases, people can experience irritable bowel syndrome, Lucy, uh, temporary paralysis, and arthritis. Temporary paralysis. Dog, just drink regular fucking milk. Yeah, just take the regular milk. How good can it be? I have bloody diarrhea, I can't move, and I have early onset arthritis now because I drank lumpy milk. Have you ever shat so bad that all your bones hurt? <laughs> That's not what I'm after, to be perfectly honest. This is... Yeah. Uh, CDH urges anyone experiencing these symptoms after drinking raw milk to seek medical attention. And you know they won't. Because they're like, oh, yeah. well, doctor's just going to give me peels. Mm. You know? And what's in them? Hmm? Doctor's Poison? pasteurize my milk. <laughs> <laughs> The doctor's going to pasteurize my whole body and take all the nutrients out. Uh, CDH's investigation will collaborate with the Idaho State Department of Agriculture and the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Officials said they are conducting interviews with patients who became infected and are getting samples of raw milk. Uh, The ISDA is working with provider farms to prevent further infection. Hey, Andrew, you know the, um, the DJ Shadow album, Introducing? Uh huh. What if instead of using samples from uh, other music and movies, he used samples of raw milk? Yep, that's a pretty. That's look. We're going to reach out to him after the show and see if we can get this off the ground as a concept. Maybe there will be like a sort of twenty fifth anniversary of introducing popping up, and we can we can sort of see. Hey, are you interested? Introducing raw milk version. Yeah. I think that'd really pop off. Uh, Provider Farms distributes directly to distributors in Nampa and Burley. The ISDA said anyone who has purchased unpasteurized milk from Provider Farms in the last 30 days should throw it away. If your milk is 29 days old... Your raw milk? I think you should probably throw it away anyway. Yeah. Don't have your milk for that long. What are you doing? So if you're listening to this and you've got this raw milk, firstly, yeah. throw it away. Yes. Secondly, I need you to write in and tell me why you're drinking raw milk. Yeah. Actually, if you are a sort of white dreadlocks, heart chakras, raw milk drinking person, tell us your story and we'll, <laughs> we'll read it out on the show in a very non-judgmental, open and interested way. Yeah. These guys won't be that judgmental. Yeah. That's right. I'll I'm try gonna, and I'm going to read neutral. it differently, though. <laughs> I respect, <laughs> I respect your way of life. I respect your diarrhea. Uh, but maybe you drink raw milk and absolutely nothing happens to you. Hmm. And if that was the case, that would be a perfect candidate for a little segment that we like to call the "Nothing to Report" report. It's the nothing to report, 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 report. The nothing to report, 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 report. The nothing to report, 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 report. The nothing to report, report. What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Shh. 
So you should mind your fucking business, it's the Nothing to report, 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 report Nothing to report, 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 report Nothing to report, 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 report Nothing to report, report This is from the Associated Press Prosecutors close investigation of Berlin Aquarium collapse as the cause remains unclear Do you guys hmm. remember that one? I do That giant fucking aquarium in the foyer of a hotel Extremely Just, tall aquarium. Yeah, big yeah. tall aquarium. And we got that like caught on video. It's fucking crazy. Uh, prosecutors in Berlin said Tuesday they have closed their investigation into the spectacular collapse of a huge aquarium last December after an expert report failed to pin down a reason why the tank burst. They right. haven't figured it out. They just have uh, no idea. Oh, well. Bam. <laughs> done. Big shrug. Sometimes this sort of thing, it just happens. So it's fine. <laughs> the Aquadome Aquarium. Now, I'm assuming you meant to pronounce this Germanly. Aquadome. Not instead of Aquadome. Aquadome. Now, there's a concept I can get behind. <laughs> a sort of Ursula-esque figure. <laughs> uh, which stood in a hotel lobby in the center of the German capital, burst in the early hours of December 16th, sending one million liters of water gushing into the building and the street outside. <sighs> Two people were slightly injured. Is that all? That's crazy. That's fucking amazing. Not so lucky for the fish, though. Mm. No. Prosecutors said they have closed an investigation of persons unknown on suspicion of causing bodily harm by negligence after evaluating the expert report commissioned by the building's owners, which they received on October 6th. Uh, Its author, engineer Christian Bonten, has presented three theories, but said there is no clear evidence to prove any of them. Hmm. So I wonder if they had some people that were, um, you know, responsible for the safety of the thing. And they said, it's your fault that it was unsafe. And now you're subject to an investigation because we asked you what happened and you said, and then we looked into it and our conclusion is, When, when they say prosecutors said they've closed an investigation of persons unknown, uh, are they just unable to find the people that built and maintained the aquarium? They don't know who they are? So they don't know, or is it just that it's unknown to this news writer? Could be anyone. Yeah, I guess. Or well, there's no paper trail. <laughs> who mysteriously left a one million litre fish tank <laughs> the foyer of this fancy hotel? Uh, the hypotheses were that an adhesive seam holding together the cylinder may have failed. Uh, That's the first one. Mm -hmm. That the tank may have been damaged by a dent in the base when the aquarium was modernized in 2020. They uh, put TikTok in there. That's how you would modernize an aquarium. They they put put TikTok in it. They put, I don't know if that means there's a screen in there with TikTok for the fish. I don't know. I'm just reading what's written down here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or that the tank may have been refilled too late after that modernization, drying the acrylic glass walls out too much. Prosecutors said in a statement that since the cause couldn't be pinpointed, they had no lead to follow in terms of who might be responsible. They said that there had never been any suspicion of a deliberate act. I reckon it was the fucking, the yahoos at PETA, P-E-T-A. Yes. Oh, you think they came yes. and drilled a little hole in it? This is the sort of shit they do. They do two things. They do the most intentionally annoying fucking social media campaigns where they're like, Peppa Pig should be a person instead of a pig because yeah. it supports 
the livestock industry or whatever. They do that. They have ladies with their titties out with like animal blood on them. Or yeah, something. you're right. They're not all bad. Sorry, not, not the animal <laughs> blood part. <laughs> did yeah. did yeah. either of you see that recent one that was about like um, was it about like not alpacas, uh, the other kind of animals. llamas, llamas, dog. No, fish. No. It was. It was. <clears throat> it was um one of the kinds of alpaca-like animals that they get uh, a very a very valuable type of fur from, and they kind of pull it all off them while they're still alive and let it grow back or whatever. And they go, mm-hmm. "Ooh, I don't like that." When you're doing it to them, and um and they had as this protest, they had a lady lying uh, on a on a like lady lying on like a little sacrificial table type thing with a bunch of bunch of sort of feathers or fur or something glued to her mostly naked body and mm-hmm. a guy like tearing it off in a representation of the uh of the pulling off of fur from these animals except in what i assume is supposed to be an anguished cry she is instead just doing the horniest sounds <laughs> yeah you have ever heard a lady make publicly it like, is not real. Peter's fueled by the. It's funded by the meat industry. Surely, sure, it's, it's <laughs> a to sale. put people off being. They're oh, so was... good at being annoying. Like they are masters of their craft at getting talked about. That's but true. To what end? To what end? And the talking is this... almost always people saying, "Shut up! Stop yeah. doing that." Like I just don't understand. Is it that their reach is so wide that the small number of people that are like, "Huh," you know what? They make some good points. Is like a net. Positive? I just don't understand. Also, Andrew, I've Googled Llama Alpaca Huanaco to find out if there's another thing people generally list with those. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about the beautiful Vicuña? Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. God, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Peter did this. They're so little. little I've never heard of that thing. Vicuña wool... is considered the rarest and most expensive legal wool in the world. Oh. oh talk to me about illegal wool, please. <laughs> yeah, tell me what's an illegal wool. Illegal. Uh, so it's very, very, very fine. Um, oh, okay. The hair of the vicuña is sheared in pens after a traditional roundup. A wool with an average fiber length of two to four centimeters is obtained every other year. And so, yeah, they just kind of hold them down and shear them. You know, like ours, but I guess uh, I guess they they're not into it. You know, you gotta Tibetan shear them things, though, right? They're an illegal wool, by the way. Oh. The, the first result, if you Google illegal wool animal, is a LinkedIn question, which is why is shatush all caps banned? <laughs> uh, because it involves the killing of Tibetan antelopes, which is illegal under national and international laws. Punta Vista does not condone killing Tibetan antelopes for shatush. Shatush. The aquarium first opened in 2003. There are no plans to rebuild it. I oh, my bad, everybody. Have. My bad. It was, it was, in fact, Kashmir. Oh. Peter had nothing to go do with the nearly Vicunia? naked to expose the cruelty of Kashmir. In London, a series of Peter protests included a woman posing as a sheep to demonstrate animal cruelty used for cashmere. So it's the way that they get this off of uh, off of goats. Mm-hmm. That is bad, and they needed but, um, nude woman posing as an animal in there's every a, instance there's a little picture to show of, uh, animal cruelty. Well, not just any nude woman. 
one with big knockers. Pretty big jugs, yeah. <laughs> she was indeed uh, an attractive lady and uh, spent the whole time that this guy was simulating ripping oh. fur off her, going, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, hands and feet bound. Also, I mean, the. The ram's horns are going to do something to a very specific set of our listeners, so I'm not going yep. to fucking put that in a... I've got to respect this, the Peter Griff. She's, she's Hollywood-taped the nips, though, which seems like that's not a... Um, you're not really committing to, to it. To me, that says, yeah. I guess you don't care about the animals. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't care about the animal of a human being. Yeah. Yes. What about this? Yes. yes. <laughs> what about... What about this animal? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Lucy. Yes. What do I get out of all this? That's the question I'm asking. <laughs> and don't do that to those animals as well. We're, we're not pro-animal cruelty because we hate Peter. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> Just get so angry thinking about Peter. They also love doing posts that are like, oh, Palestinians, what about the bees we exploit oh, to make honey? <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. They're, and they they. It's on purpose. This is the thing that yeah. drives me insane, where they're like, stop using animal-centered language. Instead of calling someone a greedy pig, call them a silly duffer. It's exactly <laughs> the same as all those like Tumblr posts that were like, try to get people out of using yeah. ableist language. Don't call someone a fool. Call them a, a nonce. <laughs> you can call anyone a nonce. I don't think that's offensive to anyone, but nonces. No. That's right, yeah. If anyone reacts really badly when you call them a nonce, you found one. What? (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. (laughs) I just need to think of uh, in The the Simpsons where one of the kids makes a joke or something about uh, Mr. Burns uh, like effectively being immortal or something, and he goes, who told you? (laughs) Oh, 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 ha, 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 (laughs) ha. Oh, that image is so horny. It's really <laughs> the the video. The video is way hornier. Oh, and we have to God. make a. This is a distinction we've had to make several times before. It's not horny to us. We're not turned on by it. No. The intention and the energy behind it is horny. Oh, we're making just that to distinction? be clear. Well, I am for me. I don't know about you two. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're all here to make our own distinctions, I guess. Punta Vista, make your own distinctions. Choose what you think is horny. We, we report, report, you distinguish. <laughs> you decide what's horny or not. <laughs> Authorities have said that nearly all of the 1,500 fish that were inside at the time of the rupture died, but, quote, a few fish at the bottom of the tank were saved. Bottom feeders, your time to shine. Yeah, that's right. You Catfish, did yeah. you did it. Flathead. <laughs> the flathead's <laughs> time has finally come. Those fucked up little things that suckle on the ocean floor. Yeah, those weird guys. Yeah. About 400 to 500 mostly small fish from a separate set of aquariums housed under the hotel lobby were evacuated to other tanks in a neighbouring aquarium that was unaffected. Great. Good for those guys. Don't build stupid, architecturally stupid aquariums. I think I like the idea of an extraordinarily tall aquarium in the middle of a hotel lobby because I'd like to look at the fish, but that just seems crazy if you're not abso-fucking-lutely certain it's not going to explode one day. Yeah. They should invent a kind of fish tank that doesn't explode. They should. Why are Someone we, why should are work on that. on that. Why aren't we working on that? Why are we working on cancer? We're too busy working on TikTok too. Yeah, we're too busy to making content instead yeah. of making an aquarium that doesn't explode. Yeah. I don't really care about up society. going to Mars. Yes. I care about 
getting a really good aquarium to Mars. Yeah. Don't put a man on Mars. Put thousands of fish inside a shatterproof aquarium. Yeah. If you yeah. believe they put a fish in a tank. There you it know? is. That's and if you're under 30. <laughs> uh, that was technically an episode of the podcast. Bunta Vista, thank you for joining us. We yeah. loved having this conversation with you. The back We'd like to have more. Yeah. Why don't you come around sometime yeah. to another episode of the podcast? Hey, let's get intimate. Get behind the paywall. Pay us. What's, hey, hey, here's a crazy idea. Money. What if what if you put some goat horns on? Yeah. You know, Bound and we just kind of see where it goes. Feet, lay yeah. back, sort of writhing on a table. Nude. Nips hidden. Not tastefully not nude. Tastefully yeah. nude. That absolutely wasn't tastefully nude, <laughs> no. just by the way. Yeah. Not for no. out the front of a fucking Tesco's or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Christ alive. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Maybe we'll see you on the bonus episodes. Who knows? No pressure. No Just pressure. do whatever feels good. Yeah. Um, have a lovely week. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye. 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 Bye.